Arguably the deepest position on the Colts is one that most needs a stud to emerge. Let's get to it. You are locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Again, welcome in, everybody. Good morning to you. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know and love us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, I am your designated uh, local credentialed member of the media for the website. Zach is just cranking out film stuff left and right. He's got yet another new series for you guys uh, that just came out over the weekend. Zach, tell us a little bit about what you got now. Yeah, so it's uh, mo- more of a uh, focus on the mobile quarterback aspect of the game and talking about how having a mobile quarterback impacts defenses how it can dictate what defenses are doing and how it can open up the offense to more explosive plays so it's going to be a multiple part series where we look at you know how these mobile quarterbacks impact the designed run game how they impact scrambling how they impact uh, explosive plays stuff like that so uh really fun stuff and it really relates to the colts new franchise passer and anthony richardson a little bit a little bit they finally have a, a mobile quarterback in tow so that is very uh very on brand for what we're looking for right now But on today's show, we are talking about tight ends, which is probably something we don't talk about enough considering how deep this group is. Uh, There's, you know, Zach and I were kind of chatting before this. There's a couple guys out of this group who you would say are uh, pretty relative locks. But outside of that, this group of seven is pretty wide open and it could have some surprise cuts with it. It could have some uh, surprise, you know, roster makes, I guess you could say. Uh, when the preseason is said and done. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, We'll start with the guys who were probably penciled in as starters right now, and that's Mo Alley-Cox and Jelani Woods, the trees of this group. Uh, (laughs) Mo Alley-Cox, of course, uh, took over for Jack Doyle, who retired last offseason. He was his first season as a full-time starter last year. Um, Maybe was put into a role that wasn't, you know, maybe wasn't, a great fit. I mean, it was odd because he kind of started out his career, even as a raw football player, as a really good blocker. And then with Jack Doyle retiring, they really needed him to step up into that role because Jack Doyle was one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL. And he just didn't quite answer the call. Uh, If you look at, you know, metrics from pro football focus, for example, uh, Mo Cox was the third worst run blocker on the entire team behind Danny Pinter and Kylan Granson. And when you're relying on that guy to be your extra lineman, your extra blocker, primarily, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, and then Jelani Woods, the rookie last year, who kind of took things by storm, a uh, real athletic freak. If you look at what Anthony Richardson is considered this year, that was Jelani Woods last year, a perfect relative athletic score uh, leading into the draft. Kind of came along slowly. Uh, He had really big performances in spurts throughout the season. 
uh, just kind of wasn't used as consistently as a lot of people would think. Um, but what do you think, Zach? I mean, it's it's really hard to know where to go after you look at these first two guys at the tight end group. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, if we look at this group of seven guys, I think the only guy who is 100% a roster lock is Jelani Woods. Yeah, uh, Jelani Woods just offers so much upside as a pass catcher. We saw a lot of good things last year. The team is very, very high on him. So I think we can pencil him in as a 100% absolute lock to make the roster. Outside of that, I think the rest of these guys we're going to talk about today, it could really go either way. You know, I could see a scenario where both Moelle Cox and and a guy we're going to talk about later and Kylan Granson both don't make the roster. Like there is a very feasible path where that happens, even if those two have the early edge over some of these other guys. But uh, yeah, speaking on Jelani Woods, I thought he had a phenomenal year last year. Uh, rookie tight ends typically don't produce too much in year one. Uh, I think there's only been like I want to say like seven or eight tight end rookie tight end seasons that have had over like 600 yards receiving. Like it's, it's really, really rare for pass catching tight ends, even in this modern era of football where everything is so pass centric. Uh, it's really, really rare for these guys to have monster first season. So I'm not really mm-hmm. too shocked that, you know, he had a 300 yard season. I think he had four touchdowns last year, like a really solid year. Uh, and I can only expect that to grow with more playing time and a more explosive offense next season. So really high expectations for him. And and like you said, in your cold open there, you know, if you're looking for that stud to emerge in this group, that's who you think it's going to be. And that's who you mm-hmm. want it to be. You know, you want it to be this guy who is six, five, six, six running that, that four five that he does and, and jumping near 40 inches. Like you want it to be that athletic freak because he's the best chance on your roster to be the next Travis Kelsey, to be the next George Kittle, like that type of tight end that has that impact on your offense. He's the best chance you have on your roster. Now getting to the complete other side of the spectrum, we have Mo Ali Cox where, you know, he's one of the oldest players on the entire roster. You know, he's pushing 30 years old, still kind of a project type player, despite pushing near 30. uh, Cause he's only been in the NFL, I think for what, four years, five years. Like it's, it's really not been super, super long that he's been in the league. And we saw just a major, major step back last season. Yeah. Uh, the blocking was definitely not there, like you mentioned, one of the worst run blockers on the entire roster. And honestly, you know, obviously Danny Pinter was the was the hardest impacted one there. But comparing him to like Kylan Granson, where Granson is such a, a dynamic wide receiver threat and a pass catcher, and that's kind of his role, you know, that's fine if he's a little bit lower in run blocking. But Moelle Cox cannot be that low. Riley Cox needs to be an effective run blocker to be effective. And then on top of that, we saw some drops. We saw some inconsistencies. We saw him not making uh, some flashy plays like he did in the past outside of the one game against the Tennessee Titans. We've just never seen him progress past that, you know, that first or second year that he had in the league where, you know, he has that one great game every single season. Yeah. But but we're not really seeing him move on and and become more of a complete player. So this offseason becomes make or break for him, despite having – the biggest contract this entire group, you know, like he's a guy where if a Will Mallory, if a Kylan Grants and if a Farrell Brown come out and they just outperform him this camp, he's not making this roster. You know, there, there's no reason to keep him. So it's a big off season for him. He has the talent. He has the ability. He just needs to get back on track. I mean, I, I just don't know what happened last year. He fell apart like the rest of the offense and it was a really, really bad year for him. He just needs to get back to where he was, uh, back in 2020 where he was a really solid uh, tight end too for the team. Yeah, I I think, I mean, no one was really set up for success last year. Perhaps now with a more sustainable offense, if you have Anthony Richardson out there who's going to be able to 
extend plays a little more. I feel like Mo Alley Cox always kind of excelled on the broken play. Like yeah. despite not being a track star by any means, so many of his plays resulted in huge gains, you know, w- with, with the play dying around him, you know, so perhaps this will set him up a little better, but with that, that new, I think it was a three-year deal that he got, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really, he wasn't the leading receiver among the tight ends. He wasn't a quality blocker. So you reward a guy with that contract. You expect him to excel and be a leader of the group somewhere. And outside of just literally being a leader in the locker room for the group, he, there wasn't much on the field <clears throat> to really, you know, write home about there. So yeah. uh, next, how do you sort everything out with these other five guys behind them? Uh, but first, a word from our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, go make a fast break over to FanDuel right now during these NBA playoffs. The finals are about to start later this week. It's it's going to be a good one no matter. I mean, you guys are going to know who the Eastern Conference champions are now. But over in the West, things are looking good. Uh, but new customers, you guys, guys can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 now, not just $1,000. You're going to get that back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And every day is we're going to be back tomorrow morning talking more about these positional reviews. And we're going to talk about the offensive line tomorrow. You know, we kind of discussed if we were going to break the offensive line up between offensive tackle and interior offensive line. We're going to do a whole big episode just covering the entire offensive line and knocking it out all in one day. So make sure you tune, tune in tomorrow morning, set those alarms and listen to our positional preview on the offensive line. All right, Jake. So getting into these depth guys, and I'm going to start off with a guy who I – might have put over Moali Cox in the first group of guys that you did. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about it for like a second uh, before we recorded, but I, I didn't disagree with what you were saying there about Moali Cox. So uh, we left him there in segment one, but I think Kylan Granson to me has a very good chance at making the roster. You know, I, I think be- besides Jelani Woods, I think Kylan Granson has a next best chance of making the roster because of all the players that we're talking about in this group, I think that the most like likely and most feasible role for him was there in that Eagles offense last year. You know, Grant Calcaterra for the Eagles had a very solid pass catching season. I think he had like 200 yards receiving or close to 200 yards receiving uh, as that kind of scat tight end play a little bit of a sniffer role and get out there and catch some passes out of empty and out of like spread out looks. I think Kylan Granson projects really well to that. Uh, and I think Kylan Granson's even a better version of Grant Calcaterra. So I, I could see the role that Kylan Granson can have in Shane Steichen's offense. I can see the way Shane Steichen can use him. And if we're looking at this entire tight end group, there's no tight end in this, in this group of players that can separate like him. Uh, for majority of last season, Kylan Granson was the best at creating separation. I think uh, next-gen stats early in the season when Kylan Granson actually qualified based off of targets, uh, he was creating over three yards of separation per route run which is by far and away the highest on the Colts. I think Paris Campbell was next close to like two and a half yards. Uh, and then uh, Michael Pittman Jr. was at like 2.1. Uh, and I think Alec Pierce is like 1.7. Like it was really low for the rest of the wide receivers, but Kylan Granson was getting open at a higher rate than any other tight end slash receiver on this entire roster. So I think when you're looking at what he can do, what he can be in the feasible role that you can project him to, 
I, I would put Kylan Granson at like a 90% lock. Like I, I do think there is a, an avenue where he gets beat out. You know, maybe some blocking tight ends come in. They just look better and they fit better what they want to do. But I'd be hard pressed to think Kylan Granson doesn't make the roster. And on top of this too, he was the personal protector on the punt team last year. He was the, he was the up man who was, you know, where Jordan Wilkins traditionally played the last couple of seasons uh, that, that personal protector role, uh, which is a really, really big special teams role. He had a couple special teams tackles, I, I would just be shocked if Kylan Granson didn't make this roster. He's progressed every year. He's he's done it on special teams. He's done it in his limited time on offense. Uh, I, I would really be shocked if Kylan Granson doesn't make this roster. Totally agree. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that we've already seen a role for Granson in Steichen's past with Calcaterra. The Chargers always had multiple tight ends, even with Hunter Henry before. It was never just one guy. Uh, so we have seen a spot where that makes a lot of sense. Really, the only reason right now is I'm just waiting for the Colts to show us that they're going to shuffle things around a bit. Uh, because with Jelani Woods out, you know, during OTAs from what the media saw this last week, Mo Alleycox was the the top tight end out there. Uh, so until they show us otherwise, but I do agree with you that Kylan Granson makes more sense if Mo Alleycox isn't going to go out there and and show that I am. I am head and shoulders better than these other guys at this, this, or this, anything. Then give a guy like Kylan Granson, who has shown that he can separate as, as well as anyone, give him the chance because he's not a great blocker. But if Mo's not a, doing well as a blocker either, then go with the guy who is going to be a more dynamic weapon in the passing game. Yeah. Keep because, the younger right, guy who can get open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, you're losing opportunities otherwise so i'm totally with you that i think kylan i've been dying since he was a rookie i've been dying for him to get more of a featured role how many times last year did we say get these guys more involved yeah um but yeah we obviously are, are big fans of that movement and then we've got pharaoh brown as well because and you and i it wasn't sexy but we we're saying the colts really need a blocking tight end to make this thing work because uh, if mo wasn't going to be the guy there then they need just kind of a ho-hum blocking tight end that's not going to eat a bunch of snaps from the young guys. And Farrell Brown might be that guy. We're, we're going to get to the other guy later, Caden Smith. But uh, Brown is probably a little more likely right now because, you know, he's been around the block a little bit. He, you know, he's got 55 games of experience. But what do you think of Farrell Brown? I know you did a little studying on him uh, when the Colts signed him. Yeah, you know, he's far from a lock. Obviously, he was on two teams last year. So that's obviously not this like sought after yeah. um, asset that you're looking for. But when you look at Farrell Brown, again, when you're looking at a Shane Steichen type of offense, last year, Jared Stoll was that guy in that offense, you know, they did not really need too many blockers at the tight end position. They didn't need every single tight end to be a great blocker. But they had the one guy in Jared Stoll, who was a good run blocker. And they had him out there for a lot of their heavier looks. They had him out there blocking. And I think he actually outsnapped Grant Calcaterra and other tight ends in that group because he was in there on a lot of those jumbo sets and those bigger personnel groupings. So if that's not going to be Miley Cox, then Farrell Brown is definitely the next best guy on the roster. Uh, he's been a good blocking tight end his whole career. Uh, he made a, a pretty good living there, obviously, with the Houston Texans the last couple seasons. Went over to the Cleveland Browns last year and still got over like 200 snaps last year for them. Uh, he's just been a really solid blocking tight end his entire career. Uh, he's not a guy where you're going to look at him at the end of the season and say, wow, what a great free agent signing. He had 30, you know, 30 catches for 400 yards and, and six touchdowns. Wow, this is a great tight end. But he's a guy where... You know, you'll get like eight catches for like 100 yards, 
but you'll get so many good blocking opportunities and so many good uh, just run blocking from him that you'll be happy at the end of the season. Uh, so if he made the roster over a Miley Cox or he made it as a tight end four, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever because they kind of need that reliable uh, run blocker. And if that's not Mo Ali Cox, he's probably the next best guy on this entire roster. Yeah. I mean, Colts fans out there, even Dallas Clark needed his Ben Utecht or his Ben Hartsock back in the day. The Colts need that blocking tight end. And we've seen how much they missed it with Jack Doyle gone. Uh, but rounding out this, the last guy in this group that we're going to talk about, Drew Ogletree, uh, was a great story last year. You know, an, an older rookie. He was great in training camp. I, I saw every one of his practices. He started to really make some noise. And, you know, even with the second team, he was making really impressive plays over NFL veterans. And unfortunately, he just suffered the, the torn ACL during uh, during the preseason or training camp. And it ended a, a really promising season before it could get started. Uh, he's, you know, he's got to battle back and show that he's healthy because he's not practicing yet. And he has got to, he's got other guys, you know, it's, it's a stiff battle. You know, like we said, there's seven guys here. It's pretty wide open behind Jelani Woods. Uh, so, I mean, if the guy can come back and look anything like he did last summer, then I think he'll probably make it or start on pup or they'll find a way to get him a part of the organization to start the year. However, they designate that. Um, but I don't think he's a lock as much as they would like him to make it. Yeah, life is life sucks, man, as a late yeah. day three pick. Like, <laughs> I like how you said, yep, before I even said more than life sucks. You just. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, of course. We're self deprecating here. Life sucks and then you die, you know, whatever. No, but, but life sucks as a late day three pick in the NFL because Drew Ogletree last season had jumped up that depth chart to tight end two before mm-hmm. the season started. He did everything right. Yeah, he did everything right. He surpassed Jelani Woods. He surpassed Kylan Granson, two guys that we're basically saying are locks right now. How different is his NFL career if he never gets hurt? You know, he he could have went out there and he could have had the season that Jelani Woods had. And Jelani Woods could have been a healthy scratch all season. Mm -hmm. And then we're going into this next season saying, oh, my gosh, they got this major steal in Jerobo Tree. And we don't even know what we have in Jelani Woods. But. Now we're looking at it as Jelani Woods is a lock and Drew Ogletree is a, is a roster bubble guy. Uh, and it just sucks how how everything is for these late day three pick guys. Now, Drew Ogletree is the ultimate wild card this offseason because we've seen the ability. We know what he can do. The Colts have been sky high on him for, I want to say, three, four years now. Yeah, uh, I, I know that they talk so high on him. And I even had from a good source last year that they – had him rated higher than Jelani Woods in the draft process. They just viewed Jelani Woods' ceiling as higher, so they took him yeah. uh, higher, if that makes more sense there. But yeah, Ogletree, if he could bounce back from that injury, if he could really show what he was showing last season, and he can also show that he can be a good run blocker because that's going to be the biggest aspect of all this. If he can take that run blocking role but also show some upside as a pass catcher, he should make this team. I, I think it's fairly wide open for him to make it. He just needs to show that he can be that guy from last season that he showed us in camp. So I'm excited for him. I love comeback stories and I love uh, seeing these kids work for roster spots. I just really hope that he can get back to what he was doing last season. Yeah. Without question. Cause at the time he got hurt, he was the Colts best tight end or he was, he was performing like it. Like Jelani Woods was an afterthought. Cause don't forget Jelani Woods didn't really break out until that chiefs game in week three. Like, yeah, he was pretty quiet up until then. And he didn't look like it was all that during the summer, 
Mo was just doing whatever, like he was, he was catching outlet passes and stuff. He was being a safety blanket and Granson didn't really catch on until about halfway through camp. So it felt odd because he was a, a late round older tight end rookie. You know, those guys take forever to develop, but he was performing better than any other Colts tight end. And then it got stolen from him just like that. So it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I, I really hope he can bounce back in a big way, but unfortunately the numbers and the percentages are really not in his favor. They weren't mm-hmm. in his favor regardless as a six round pick, 24 year old rookie out of Youngstown state. So yeah. this is not another, it, like he already had an insurmountable mountain to climb and he started doing that last year. Now he just fell down the mountain. He's going to climb back up it like he did last year. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's definitely not something he can't do. It's just, I, I really want to see him overcome these insane odds that are against him right now. Yeah, no, and that's Chad Henry's guy for sure. As long as Chad's in the building, he will have a huge cheerleader there. You know that. Yes. Uh, but next up, which guys are going to be fighting for these final roster spots? We've mentioned most of them, but there's still a couple outliers coming up next. All right, Zach. So we've got a rookie mid-round pick in Will Mallory, and we've got a veteran, another good, solid blocking tight end and Caden Smith. Now Smith, his, he's a little more interesting because he's got 33 games of experience, but he, with the Giants, he was put on IR at the end of 2021 uh, in December. And then in March, he was waived with a failed physical designation. Uh, so the Colts obviously had to feel good enough about that need to bring him into the summer and see what he's got. At least, you know, yeah. he's not guaranteed a spot, but they're at least going to give him a shot to, to see what he can prove. Uh, so veteran, 33 games of experience, only 52 catches, uh, 413 yards and three touchdowns. So a slightly better receiving threat than Pharaoh Brown. But Brown has been there longer, ha- has been able to play more recently. Um, but that's interesting. So there may be a veteran proven blocking tight end that makes the roster. Um, but who it is, is anyone's guess. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to say about this last section is, you know, the way that we've been breaking up these podcast episodes is the roster lock slash starters versus the depth guys who are kind of on the bubble. And then the long shots with this tight end group, this last group of guys that we're talking about, I wouldn't even put them in long shot like status, you know, like Caden Smith. Sure. Like because he just didn't play last year was way with a failed physical in last March. Uh, didn't play a snap last season for any team. I don't even think he was part of an organization last year. So it's yeah, that's kind of more of your, you know, you're you're banking on that comeback. You're banking on this guy bouncing back and and being what he was a couple years ago. But outside of that, I of the six, seven guys we're talking about, I don't see a long shot. I see all these guys competing for three, maybe four spots. Uh, which will be fascinating come training camp. But yeah, talking about these two guys, uh, Caden Smith, I believe he's out of Boston College. I want to say it was Boston College is where he went. Uh, he was a big time blocking tight end, could do a little bit in the past game, but mostly a blocking tight end guy, uh, really well-rounded player, the type of tight end that you want as your tight end three, tight end four type. Uh, so he's going to have a good shot to get back to where he was before he failed that physical and then Will Mallory. I mean, Will Mallory is just another dynamic pass catching tight end who is going to be competing with Kylan Granson for that last spot. You know, that's going to be his main competition where neither of those guys are going to be known for blocking in terms of Mallory and Granson, but they're both really good pass catchers, dynamic players who catch everything. Uh, I know Granson has some troubles with some with some easy catches and, and bobbles them, but when it's in traffic and it's a contested catch, he goes up and gets it. Will Mallory had a really low drop percentage last year. 
uh, and, and throughout his entire college career. So you're looking for more of a dependable pass catcher there with Will Mallory. Uh, yeah, I, I could really see either of these guys catching fire and making the team. It, it really just comes down to camp performance. And if those two guys can can work up from fourth team slash third team on offense to surpassing guys like Granson and Farrell Brown there on the second team. I know you've been watching some of these practices. Have have Caden Smith and Will Mallory kind of been at the bottom of the roster, like the bottom of the pecking order in this tight end group? Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't. I, I feel like I've seen Mallory, but I can't recall seeing anything from Smith yet. I mean, he just signed, um, so he, yeah, he probably has it out there. Yeah, and at this juncture of the offseason, they've got a lot of guys who are sitting out right now. Um, they're not forced – like, if, if someone's banged up even a little bit, they're not on the field right now. So yeah, you're not seeing much. I mean, we'll see these guys again this, this week. Um, but, I mean, obviously the bottom of the tight end group wasn't what anyone was looking out for. Uh, with with Anthony, Anthony Richardson out there, I will say Kylan Granson had a big play, the biggest play of any tight end out there so far. But yeah, yeah. But looking at this tight end group, it's it's such a fascinating group because, like you said at the top of the show, this might be the deepest on the roster, but it's not like deep in terms of like everyone's a star. You know, like right. we're not talking about it's six seven players deep of just really really good players. It's six to seven deep of interesting rosterable type of players but not like they're not stars or anything like jelani woods is the closest thing they have to a roster lock and he's a third round pick coming off a really solid season so like yeah that's probably a lock on most teams but outside of that you know you don't have a roster lock outside of that you have a lot of guys who could make the team and a lot of guys who could not be on an nfl team whatsoever last year it's a very it's a very intriguing group with a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different talents, a lot of different experience and ages too. Like uh, I'm really, really intrigued by this roster battle come training camp. And I, I really think it can go any way. Like I, I don't have a good feeling either way about a lot of the, these players here uh, in the tight end group. Like it, it could be any combination of four guys, as long as Jelani Woods is in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting how there, there's going to be a lot of like, niche battles like Mm -hmm. there's seven guys but they're not really all battling against each other like you mentioned will mallory versus kylan granson is about what it's at you know because they're these roles are so specialized kind of like farrell brown and caden smith not everybody is going to be created equal in their roles you know what i mean so mo ali cox and jelani woods are really the only two guys who have their own thing it doesn't matter what the role really is everyone else is kind of battling against one or two other guys. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, We do always see, it seems like there's always a bottom of the roster tight end that comes out of nowhere and and makes it Ogletree last year. We've seen like Hale Hint just a couple years before Mm. that. Yeah. Um, There's, there's always someone which probably bodes well for someone like Will Mallory. Um, But no, I'm, I'm really interested in, in this group. And I think a big factor as well will be, who meshes well with Minshew and Richardson. Yeah. Because the good news for these tight ends is that uh, Minshew and Richardson are splitting first and second team reps. And then, so all you really have to do is mesh pretty well with one of those guys, you know, getting along well with Sam Ellinger and being a safety blanket for him is not going to matter anymore in this. So if, if you catch on with one of those top two guys, it could go a long way for it. Uh, like Granson was a big example last year. He fit with everyone. Yeah. Uh, so that, that really helped him a lot because 
he showed very little as a rookie. And so he had a big summer performance for him really set him apart um, in the second half of, of training camp, like I mentioned. Uh, but yeah, this, this is easily one of the, one of the most intriguing groups to keep an eye on this summer. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say too, is it's going to be really intriguing from just a roster construction standpoint, yes. because do you go with more upside guys? You know, do you take Kylan Granson and Will Mallory and you say, you know what? We're a young team. We're going to be starting a 21 year old quarterback. What is a Caden Smith and Farrell Brown and Moelle Cox doing for us? You know, like, are these guys going to be here in two years? Is it more worth our time to develop Granson, Mallory, and Drew Ogletree? You know, those guys who are younger, who can get better, where these other three guys, we kind of know what they are. Like, they're not getting better. And then on top of that, you can, you can go the other way. You know, do we want the high floor guys to provide consistency and reliability for our young quarterback so he gains confidence early? Or do we go with high-level blockers because we're going to lean on the running game? Do we go with high-level explosive weapons that can catch the ball because we're going to lean on the passing game? Like, there's so many different ways they can attack this from a roster construction standpoint. And it's going to be really interesting to follow throughout camp. But, guys, that's what we have Jake Arthur for. You guys know, uh, as you all beautiful everydayers know, that Jake Arthur is our boots on the ground there at Colts training camp. He's going to be giving you all the updates throughout the week and every single week this offseason while also posting more coach interview and player interviews here on the channel. So everydayers, make sure you're taking a lookout for that. And if you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also, subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or every list of your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning.